The revolution will be televised. It will be on Reddit. It will be tweeted. It will be in the streets. It will be in the Capitol building. The revolution, folks, is here. If you are not convinced that we are in the midst of a fourth turning, I don't know what to tell you. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the world famous, the wise, the witty, the intelligent, Mr. Nick Hodge. And this is episode 102 of Bizarro World. Nick, first off, how are you? I feel like the list of superlatives was uh, longer than average this week. It's like we're rekindling our relationship. It's like episode one all over again. I'm doing good, Gerardo. How's it going? I am well. I am running short on popcorn after the week that we had during the Capitol building insurrection and the emotional toll personally that it took because I love this country and, you know, just everything that ended up resulting. And, and by the way, the fallout from that has far from settled. But after that week, um, this past week was really a grab the popcorn, get some Cholula, get a Tito soda and, um, Get some work done and then just have a blast because, oh I boy. I was going to ask you if you put Cholula on your on your popcorn because I saw you tweeted that and I had never seen that. Do you uh, put like squirt the Cholula on the popcorn or do you dip the popcorn in like a bowl of Cholula? I, I, I grab my popcorn. I put in bowl. I grab my Cholula. I soak it in there and I smile at the Redditors. Nice. I like it. You know Cholula got bought out, right? Of course it did. I threatened a New York restaurant once in front of Mr. Lutz. I, I, I threatened to take their Michelin star away because the waiter came out and um, he, he you know went over the menu, sounded phenomenal. And I said, well, you know, you're a Michelin star restaurant. Can I please have some Cholula? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, well, we don't carry Cholula, sir, but we do have this phenomenal in-house from the chef who is decorated, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him and I said, you're really close to losing one of your Michelin stars as if I had the power to take it away. And uh, I think he was disgusted, but it was really funny. And uh, I, I think Mr. Lutz even got a kick out of it. So anyhow, listen, what a week. We could get into gold. Eight, eight, 800 million, by the way, just for that's what Cholula got bought for, and then we'll get on with it. By McCormick, seriously, in November, 800 million bucks. Anyway, I've, been, I've been preaching this for years. You've seen me do it in Sweden when we tried caviar that was only, uh, you know, apparently available in this town in Sweden that we were in. I asked for Cholula. They actually had it. They were awesome. But yeah, no, I, I always joke that I tend to be early with everything. And, and you know, it, in the speculative universe, it, it, it can be costly if you're not careful, right? It's, it's good to be early in position. But you got to be recognized. You, you got to recognize and be cognizant of of your 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 traits and characteristics of your trading stocks professionally and managing your family's wealth. And so I know I tend to be early. I've been preaching the Cholula, um, you know, message for years on end. The buyout was 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 obviously very profitable for a lot of folks. I was not personally invested. I wish I would have been, but I'd like to think I was a good ambassador over the past several years. Like it. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. Look, we could talk gold. Let me spare you. Gold closed at 1845. It was a boring week. We will talk silver and we'll tie it into the Redditors because it seems like at the very least, we're getting a strip tease that silver may be next on their list. But listen, the main event, there were two main events. The main, main event this week in the markets, obviously GameStop and the list of stocks that the Reddit community decided. Um they were going to correct imbalances with. And let's let's go right into it. Let's take GameStop. GameStop stock was shorted 
to the tune of 140% of outstanding shares. What that means for those of you not familiar with the concept is hedge funds and fund managers thought that the brick and mortar business that was GameStop was a dinosaur that would go the way of Blockbuster and they thought they could drive it to the ground by selling into the market shares they did not own. They sold 140% of the existing shares into the market thinking they'd buy them back at a cheaper price later. The Reddit community, they've been called amateurs. They've been called kids that don't know what they're doing. They've been called the kids in the basement, pissing the parents off, uh, making all the money. You can call them whatever you want. They absolutely nailed that call, along with a couple of other people, Keith McCullough on the professional side of it. And, and let's be clear again, there's several funds I'm sure that are behind, or at the very least, accelerated the squeeze. But I have to admit, this was another one of those weeks where you really got to see who was what. And, and it really looked like two camps to me. The camp that couldn't believe the audacity that these kids on Reddit, these people on Reddit, could outsmart and bring hedge funds to their knees. And they bankrupted two very, very well-known funds, despite the market's attempt to rig it in favor of the funds. And we'll get into that. I got to get your take before we get into the details, because this is going to take the bulk of uh, the early part of this conversation. Were you just as amused as I was? I think the entire world was <laughs> amused, Gerardo. I, it, people I talked to who have uh, no interest in the market were talking about it. People's kids uh, were asking their parents about it. Uh, you know, I was talking to the parents. Um, it was everywhere. I mean, every media outlet, social media was talking about it. And so, um, I mean, the whole thing is, is fascinating. <laughs> and we can talk about um, how it's a sign or a symptom of, of larger things that are going on. But let's talk about what you're talking about in how, um, yeah, institutions like brokerages, TD, uh, even Robinhood and, and Reddit itself ended up uh, moderating the channel, uh, came out to sort of, you know, quote unquote, quell the rebellion, as it were. Um, allowing you to only own a certain amount of uh, shares of the stocks or equities in question, um, only allowing you to buy a certain amount uh, at the same time. Um, and it's interesting that they call them, you know, unsophisticated or, you know, retail or whatever. Like, like you said, they were the ones able to uh, figure it out. And it seemed like a, a very us first them moment. I mean, even Ja Rule was out tweeting. Did you see, you know, hold the line, you know, don't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the, you know, basically against the institutions, right? Which is uh, exactly what a, what a fourth turning is, right? And so um, whether it was, you know, the movie chain AMC or there was a car parts company that had these uh, high short interests, um, interesting to peek behind the curtain and, and, and see how these quote unquote unsophisticated in investors could... Uh, give these hedge funds an ass whooping. I'm not ass whooping. I'm not sure if they're bankrupt, but they definitely had to capitulate and throw in the towel on uh, their shorts. And um, yeah, in the case of Melvin, you know, they had to get essentially, you know, bailed out by a, a much larger institution in, in Citadel. And so, um, 
gosh, I mean, so many things you can talk about, but it's just been so crazy for the past year that, you know, you know, this just feels like the flavor of the week, right? Because there's been so many flavors, uh, whether that's uh, the S&P losing 35% of its value last March or uh, oil going negative also uh, last year and then, you know, coming out of that and now reinflating. I mean, just things that have never happened before. And so, you know, it's the story of the week, but really it's emblematic of uh, what's been allowed to occur with the liquidity in the system and uh, free money that's been given out. And I think that it's, um, yeah, uh, another notch in the belt of, of this bizarre world. And so you really should, um, you know, not forget and remember how swift the response was. And like you said, you saw who was who. And so, you know, that's what I'd like to do with these events. And uh, we can talk about broader markets as well. And we'll have to get into it because we had two hard sell-off days. And mm. I have to actually bring up what the clothes look like today. But um, oh, fantastic to see. And, you know, what else I think about, and, and sorry, I'm hogging the mic here, is um, it's really a unification, just like you've seen uh people unite to, to to march on the streets this summer or on the capitol a couple of weeks ago on, on both sides of the political aisle you see people um organizing uh against the status quo and i think that's one of the major takeaways here uh, outside of the um ridiculous gains of the stocks Listen, let's go over some numbers. And and before I give you the numbers, at one point during the week, we had Ja Rule, AOC, and Ted Cruz <laughs> all agreeing that this was bullshit, right? And, and let's talk about what was bullshit. What was bullshit was that when it seemed obvious that multiple funds were going to go under, the main trading apps. And it wasn't just Robinhood. This happened in my personal E-Trade trading account. Um, it happened with TD Ameritrade and several, several other platforms. They decided that you could no longer sell stock in GameStop. You could only buy. And so look, the short selling funds have suffered a mark to market loss thus far of nearly $20 billion dollars 20 billion dollars and and that's you know that the, the those are just huge numbers i don't care how big your fund is that's consequential right we talked a few weeks ago about the banning of trump from twitter and the banning of other groups from other social media platforms and we both agreed i think that you know the violence and the threats and all of that should never be tolerated and people that engage in that kick them out no, no, no room for that. That's not a free speech issue. And by the way, these are private companies, right? Um, but we, we did say it was a slippery slope because then what happens when you have a situation like this where somebody got the drop on the funds and was squeezing the heck out of them and the apps, the trading platforms that are funded by a lot of these same institutions, a lot of these institutions are the institutions that provided the seed capital for the Robin Hoods of the world to grow. And so you can't tell me as a logical thinking, half-brained, common-sense individual that if the fund that provided the seed capital 
to the trading platform is about to go out of business. And the only thing that's necessary to delay or prevent that is the fund calling the trading platform and saying, turn it off, let them buy, don't let them sell. And that's exact. you can't tell me that didn't happen or that it's not suspicious or that that's right. I absolutely believe it happened. Um, I, I, I saw the CEO of Robinhood on CNBC uh, talking his book and frankly did a, a horrible job. I, I don't think he should have been on there because he, he, he made himself look worse, frankly. And um, it's a slippery slope when we start deciding who can tweet, who can't tweet, who can trade, who can't trade, what you can trade, what you can't trade. I mean, look, if I buy something on your platform and you don't allow me to sell it, <laughs> exactly what happened to Robinhood is what's going to happen. You're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. Go defend it in court. And so there's going to be a lot of class action lawsuits. Thus far, listen, the, 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 the efforts by the platform has not worked. And this speaks to the power of the people and the Redditors. Um, they drove the stock down to 150, 160. And as soon as they were able to find another platform to, to, to get back in there, they bought right back, and I think today it closed to something like 360 um, per share. It hit a high of 420, if I'm not mistaken. So, no, look, a, a lot to digest there, but be absolutely clear that whether we're talking societally or economically, philosophically, sexually, this is a fourth turning. It's happening all simultaneously. It's it's a volatile process, as we've been warning for years. But the events of this week made my heart smile. And uh, I had to jog an extra couple of uh, hours this week because of the Cholula and the popcorn. It was just, it was, it was, it was must watch TV. And in this case, must watch internet, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely fascinating. And um, you talk about the, you know, citadels of the world or other funds that, you know, uh, kickstarted or seed funded Robin Hoods and, and other free trading platforms and um, how they own that. Well, you know, uh, follow the money, right? It's like, in, and follow the ownership. It's sort of like how, this is where my mind went anyway. You know, we have the the Republican debates, the or the presidential debates, Republican and Democrat, but, it, you know, the institution, or, you know, the organization that owns the debate platform is owned by both the Republicans and the Democrats, right? So they can control um, who gets into the debates and what the messaging and, and questions are together. And so uh, similar things. And that's what people are, um, you know, uh, rebelling and uniting and organizing uh, against. And so, and they're doing the same thing in their uh, defense fund, the same way, you know, they organize the, the Reddit channel, they're organizing crowdsourcing, let's call it, uh, or decentralizing is, is probably a better and more apt term for what's going on, um, raising money in a decentralized way um, to uh, fund the, the defense, the litigation, right? And so um, when you start talking about decentralization, decentralization, you're starting to really talk about um, what these people are seeking, even if they don't outright know it or say it. And then you start to uh, talk about, you know, cryptocurrencies and, and other things. Right. And so it's all um, par for the course of what's going on right now. Yeah.
And look, let, let, let's talk about some of the people that were on the right side of history um, on this one. Uh, Mark Cuban came out and, and you know, <laughs> lambasted <laughs> Robin Hood and said, this is absolute BS, right? Um, Chamath Paliapatiya, and I know I probably always butcher his name, but, you know, he's, he's, he's becoming one of my favorite um, Twitter people to follow. He's got a mean Twitter game, man. And, uh, you know, there's billions behind that, 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 that Twitter game. He came on and said, you know, th- 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 this is absolutely the opposite of capitalism. Where were the bailouts for the people in 2008 when, when, when it was the other way around, when the funds, you know, needed to get bailed out and the people came to the rescue? Where were the stops there? You know, where, 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 where was that? We're fighting in Congress. Um, over $600 or $1,200 or $2,000 checks. And whatever you feel about the deficit, there has been a trend in motion for the past several administrations, you know, to print our way out of every problem. And it seems like only when the funds or the government is in trouble, everybody's okay with it. And one last point really quick, you know, I, I, I mentioned at one point AOC and Ted Cruz agreeing, just to be clear, it, it lasted about three seconds, right? Um, <laughs> AOC, AOC said, you know, this is unacceptable. Um, as as, as uh, chair of the committee, the finance committee, I will hold a hearing if it's necessary, but an investigation should be launched. Ted Cruz tried to chime in and he, he tweeted, I fully agree. And immediately AOC said, I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I don't know why anyone messes with that woman on Twitter or in public. Because again, I have disagreements on some of her policy points. Um, she's young. She's evolving. But she is brilliant. And she is articulate. And I haven't seen anyone get a one up on her that's real yet in a meaningful way. So, I mean, if you're out there listening and, and you play the partisan thing, I don't. I don't have a, a dog in the race. Um, just leave that woman alone on Twitter. You're not going to win that. Plus, he's just a turd. I fucking hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> and I don't say that very often about a lot of people. Um, I hate Ted Cruz. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk Mr. Biden. We, we got to pivot back there um, while we're talking policy. He ordered the Justice Department to end the use of private prisons. He also has signaled that he will be pursuing plans and orders to reunite migrant families with each other. And by that, he means the parents and the little children that were taken away Yes, it is illegal to come to this country illegally, as my parents did when I was in my mom's belly at five months old and they were seeking a better life. But doing something illegal does not mean that you should be separated from your parents when you're one or two or three years old for months on end, taking advantage of, pimped almost literally um, by contractors and treated in in a less than humane way. That's not what a democracy or the idea of a democracy is about. I am glad to see him at the very least signal willingness to look at both of these um, initiatives. And I hope it, um, I, I, I hope it materializes. I don't think that most people though in America, there's quite a few cause it's very easy to end up incarcerated or on probation in America. Right. But I don't think most people realize just how abusive private contractors are when it comes to prison, you know, we're talking telephone calls 
that, you know, they're charging a dollar or two dollars a minute. Meanwhile, these same people are working for five and 10 cents an hour. Um, whatever your crime is, whatever time you have to do, I am all about accountability, right? Um, but again, that doesn't justify abuse. That doesn't justify or mean that all of a sudden you become less than human. And look, you know, like, like a lot of people say, slavery has been abolished except for prison labor. And that's an absolute fact. And the numbers bear that out. So I hope that this, um, this initiative by the Biden administration gains some traction and that there is actual change. Very easy early in an administration to come in and say all the right things, right? I joked during a company meeting this week that it'd be easy to get people to click on an article, right? I could just say, you know, blonde, Bitcoin, golden nuggets, and, you know, all the all the right keywords would pop up and it'd get lots of reads. Um, it's just as easy to come out and, you know, you're a new administration. I'm going to do this, this, and that. But we'll be watching. I'll be watching. I'm encouraged by this. It's the right tone thus far. Let's see where it goes. Any thoughts on that, Nick? A couple of thoughts. It's also, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before, become, uh, we know prison is dangerous, but it's become increasingly da more dangerous as it's been privatized, right? And what I mean by that is you're more likely to uh, die in a prison now than you were before it was uh, privatized. And whether that's whatever, failing to deescalate certain things or failing to provide um, uh, a certain standard of medical care for illnesses and disease, some of which we saw with the coronavirus outbreaks, uh, in prisons uh, during this epidemic, it's um, no, it's uh, private prisons is a, is a longstanding issue for for me, and I'm, I'm sure for you as well. It's something I've written about multiple times over the years, and good to make progress on that, of course. Let's talk about accountability. We talked a few. Well, we talked about informants and the use of confidential informants by the FBI several times. I've brought the point up in that there is no data that anyone can access. We don't know who's enabled. We don't know who's out there committing crimes with blanket immunity from the feds. And I speculated, um, I think here a couple of months ago, that a lot of the people on all sides of the the, the, the more extreme part of these groups um, that I, I believe several were informants and several were enabled. And that's the only way that I, in my mind, could justify people committing crimes on Instagram and posting them everywhere and literally being proud about it, right? And so now we find out that the Proud Boy leader, and th th this is important, they said he was a government informant, a prolific one. And it begs the question, he was arrested about a month and a half ago in D.C. He's a convicted felon. He was arrested with ammunition, with clips, and with weapons. Um, it took him, I think, three weeks for them to go arrest him. And, you know, he, he was quickly let out on bail, which should have raised suspicions because it's a federal case and usually doesn't happen that way. Um, but I'm really curious to see what the fallout will be because my spidey senses tell me that something happened with the deal that they had and he was no longer willing to play ball and the powers that be decided to tell all his buddies he was a rat. All speculation, all speculation, but... He's not the last one, folks. Don't commit crimes. And if you do, don't be proud about your crimes and put them on TV and Instagram and Twitter and social media. It doesn't go away. Um, anyhow. It's incredible. And you're good at sniffing it out because um, 
you've commented several times on things out of uh, Mexico, right, about the informants and uh, who got arrested and charges that were going to be dropped and, and been accurate, right? <laughs> the general. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. It's, um, it's a bizarro world, everybody. Let's talk uh, Bitcoin. The markets are so crazy right now that all it took for Bitcoin to go from 29,000, it was flirting with like that, 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 that downtrend line, right? Where if it broke 29, 28, you could have seen a nasty reversal um, from a high of 40,000. And all it took was Elon Musk changing, you know, his, um, his profile status and putting a sign that said Bitcoin, a little Bitcoin emoji. Um, that's what it took for it to go from 29 to where it closed today. Right, uh, thirty-eight thousand. Is that where it closed today? Let's 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 take a peek. We're doing this in real time. Uh, thirty-five thousand. It pulled back a little bit from twenty-nine to thirty-five thousand on a tweet, or not even on a tweet, on an emoji. It's a casino out there, folks. Is what I'm trying to tell you. And and there's two ways to play it. And I'm gonna give the floor to Mr. Hodge because I thought you wrote an excellent piece this week on the noise that was GameStop and you know, the Redditors and everything that's going on. I thought your piece was extremely well-written. We should put a link to that. Um, there was a lot of substance there on how to play it and how you weren't changing your playbook, how this was this was popcorn stuff, right? Stuff to look at and smile and laugh. And if that's your cup of tea, go get it. I'll let you summarize the the, the substance behind the, the, the article and the piece, Nick. But I thought it was well-written um, and I thought you were absolutely spot on. Well, I don't know. You know, of course, I'm some sort of blind squirrel, as I call myself. And <laughs> I was what I was saying is that if you look at bigger markets than, you know, two stocks, right, <laughs> or a couple, a handful of stocks, if you look at things that actually do matter, like the dollar and the VIX and the bond yields and, and things like that, that and I, you know, and I hadn't seen anything major, right, no major inflections or, or changes or break of trends or anything like that. And then, of course, um, we had two major down days uh, for stocks on Wednesday and Friday. Um, but nonetheless, I think the, the S&P is, is still in a bullish trend. And until I see um, basically it break its, its upward trend, then I'm not really convinced that um, we're going to get a, a broad, broader or deep sell-off in, in stocks. And that doesn't mean that we're not overdue for one. And that doesn't mean that it can't happen. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is that um, nothing has broken yet. It was, a, it was a lot of chatter. Everyone had their, um, you know, feathers in, in, a, in a ruffle. And, um, uh, but I didn't see anything, anything major break. In fact, I was, I was buying stocks today i mean not small cap stocks i'm talking you know large cap stocks i mean what you're gonna have here and 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 i'm bear inclined i mean make no doubt i mean if i lean one way i i'm i'm a i'm a half glass half empty kind of guy when it comes to the markets but the numbers that are about to come out and you're starting to see this already as it relates to to earnings are going to actually be improved because you had such a um uh, such a cut last year from from lockdowns that year over year earnings growth is actually going to uh, improve and um, other sectors continue to inflate. Commodity prices continue to go up. If you look at lumber, if you look at copper, if you look at, at Bitcoin here. And so um, anyway, um, 
if I see the S&P break a downtrend or if I see, you know, the dollar is trying to perk up a, a little bit here, but um, it hasn't broken trend either. And so, um, like I say, it's uh, the Reddit thing, the, the, the GameStop thing is a side effect. And um, uh, where we're at here is is not going to change based on based on that. And also, you glossed right over gold in the beginning because it continues to uh boring boring. right exactly (laughs) but then you see um how fast some of those uh uh, stocks can go up when um even there's a sniff right of all the redditors are going to get these precious metals next and you know the whole precious metals uh uh, world gets all excited about that and 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 you're reminded how how uh fast those things can move and when you say it's a casino out there um yeah, things can can move very quickly, and so um, you want to still be in those uh, sectors that are going to do that uh, once we do get to the next cycle. I hope I made some sort of sense there. No, absolutely. And 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 what I took away from the article is: look, you can focus on the fundamentals and buy quality stocks, and still have exposure to the casino, but you're not betting on the casino being on your side or being rigged or the how or you being the house you can actually make incredible speculations i had a subscriber that wrote in that's been with me since 2016 and you know he subscribed to the new service and and and, and he had a, a great question he said in 2016 you launched your first paid service at that point you said it was a great time to get in and here we are in 2021 and now you're telling us again that it's a great time to add to your position and my reply without you know being too long in the tooth here was in 2016 that was actually the bottom in gold and and yes sure. the the equities lagged but i've made most most of the money i made in 2020 is from positions that I averaged down on from 2016 all the way through the end of 2019. And in 2020, those paid off beautifully. I had three full years to write checks. And you know, Nick, because you wrote checks right alongside me on a lot of these deals at just ridiculous prices, right? If these companies weren't going out of business, it was a no brainer. Um, and, And so what's happened now in 2021, where we're at now, where I think this is another great opportunity, what I mentioned, Everyone's bored with gold. Nobody's grabbing popcorn and Cholula to look at the gold price right now. Nobody's really excited about a lot of even the better names in the precious metal, precious metals or the resource space. The difference between 2016 and 2021 is it's not going to take another three years for that turnaround to happen. This pullback, and, and, and let's be clear, a lot of these stocks have pulled back 40, 50, 60% from their August highs when gold broke new all-time highs. That is an absolute gift. It's not going to take three years to come out of this consolidation. It's likely to take another month to month and a half. And when it does, it will turn quickly because of what you mentioned with some of the bigger stocks, the blue chip stocks. The baseline is so low. They're coming from such a depressed level that making up 50 and 60%, you can do that in a day on some good results. And you're gonna have the trend being your friend Gold, we'll see new all-time highs. Copper will continue higher. Silver, I don't care if the Redditors get involved or not. It's going higher. It won't go straight up. It never does. But be absolutely clear, this consolidation is the second best opportunity you've had 
since that initial opportunity back in 2016 and 17 and 18, where you should have been absolutely accumulating the best names and even some of the speculative ones, right? Um, you and I have a mentor and a friend that that jokes that he'll write a check for anything under 10 cents right now because he knows in, in the bull market that we all see coming, the resumption of it, those will be 70 and 80 and 90 cent stocks just off the trend alone. And so the quality companies, those will outperform and those are the stocks that provide the life-changing gains, right? If you so happen to get the Redditors come in and support the silver market or the precious metal stocks, that's the cherry on top. But that's not the cake. Just hope those 10 cent shares is not like the third or fourth round being done, right? I'm writing a check here soon for another 10 cent private placement, Nick. I started at three. I wrote one as high as 30. I'm now back to 10. And I suspect by the end of the summertime, it's going to be a great Christmas and fall. We'll see. We will see. Matter of fact, I'll give you all the name just so you can hold me accountable out there. It's Nevada Sunrise Gold. It just announced a financing today. Um, $250,000 one, a small one. Uh, I'll likely reach out to subscribers if there's an opportunity for them to participate. I'm absolutely participating. Um, and and I, look, I already own quite a bit. I know you do as well, Nick, but let, let's do a real life exercise. Gerardo's buying 10 cent Nevada Sunrise Gold shares after having a whole lot of them and paying what I just told you I've paid in the past from three cents to 30. Let's see how that works out between now and year end. We'll see. All Results right. coming. Results are coming. We have 40 holes in the lab. You know what else we have? We have Bernie the Socialist, as they like to call him, raising $1.8 million for charity through the Bernie Mittens. This makes my heart smile. This is, you know, I, I talk about how much I hate and dislike Ted Cruz because I think he's a weasel and spineless and only cares about himself um, and, and, you know, can't even be respectful or, you know, protective of his wife when when Trump called her out. And um, anyhow, enough of him. Bernie, I, I disagree with some of his policy stuff. The most of it was put, you know, in place by the Trump administration and is going to be continued under the Biden administration. But hey, every chance he gets to do good, he seems to get it right. 1.8 million to charity through the Bernie mittens. Did you see that story? I didn't see the charity story, so go on. But I have comments on the meme, so well, I'll be dumb after you tell us about the charity. <laughs> well, very, very simple, right? Uh, everybody saw the memes. The memes were amazing. Uh, they were hilarious. And, you know, he turned this into a $1.8 million windfall by, you know, his, his team started putting together Chairman Sanders merchandise that included T-shirts and sweatshirts and stickers on the campaign website. It sold out in less than 30 minutes. And he raised more than $1.8 million and just gave it all to charity. Um, again, call them what you want. I'm a capitalist at heart. That sounds like capitalism at its best. You're taking the money and, and, and giving it away. If you can raise it, you can do what you want with it, right? Uh, the meme was absolutely everywhere. That was one of the... Um, first ones and i feel like a couple of months that was truly ubiquitous uh, <laughs> uh like everyone had conservatives i was even getting sent bernie memes and uh, i mean everyone i mean even local uh, food blogs and local companies with instagram pages are advertising with you know the place putting bernie in the corner of their restaurant or whatever <laughs> it is and so literally everybody is uh doing it and i think one of the funniest comments that uh, i saw about the whole thing was um 
Y'all will literally put Bernie Sanders everywhere except in the president's office. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be clear, everybody, neither party wanted him there. Democrats did as much to derail his latest bid as anyone else did. So again... I don't no have doubt. a dog in the fight. I, I I am a fan of people that 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 are for the people. I am a fan of people that uh, push boundaries and peacefully and respectfully incite dialogue and an exchange of ideas. I love it. I think that speaks to the better part of our society when we're able to do that. I think we've done, you know, so much less of that in the past four, five, six, seven years. And um, I I hope we can get back to it. But this made me smile. I thought it was good. It's my happy positive story. Um, it was neat. It was good. It was good. Did you want to talk about mask? Well, I don't want to because <laughs> they've been so fucking politicized that no one wants to talk about the masks. But um, I'm not sure this two masks thing passed the common sense test for me. I, maybe I got to read the science. But just, should we wear, you know, everyone is asking now, should we wear three masks? Should we wear four masks? Like how many masks are enough? And if it's like a, a filtration thing, why don't we just get like one mask with the appropriate filtration? <laughs> I just think the number of masks should just be, um, I don't know, one and have the proper filtration. I just wanted to make sure we had it in here for uh, the zeitgeist and for, future generations that we talked about the two masks it's been um it's been an interesting journey the past year we're coming up on february now we're getting close to that 12 month mark where most of us knew that something was changing and something was afoot right and nobody thought it would last a year because frankly this is a problem that we could have taken care of in 60 days had we reacted appropriately but it's not it's not where we're where where we are as a society right now um, I, I, I tell you where we are though. Um, there is a tale of two worlds and we've talked about this. I talked last week about the piece I wrote a couple of weeks ago about the roaring twenties being back. And we've talked about wealth inequality and how central bankers and the fed, you know, absolutely have everything on steroids right now. And I just, I, I, I was reading a story about a mall in the desert in near near the west coast and there was a mall that had an appraised value last year of 28 million dollars nick do you know what that mall just sold for half a million bucks a little higher you tend to be a bit more pessimistic than i do it was uh just over a million dollars uh, i wasn't uh, far off and you were not far off by the way um a year later it went from $28 million to a $1 million. So when you see the stock market, which by the way, the major indices here in the US just had their worst week since October. I get it. But still near record highs. When you see the stock market just continue to do what it's doing and churning and turning, again, most people aren't benefiting from that, which is again, why I'm so amused at the Redditors and and, and the decentralization of of. Of everything. I want everything decentralized for the most part, if I'm being perfectly frank, right? Uh, uh, but yeah, this that just blew my mind. Meanwhile, here in Austin, this, this numbers I just got from my realtor today, she sent me a link because I, I asked her a few questions. She said, homes are selling at 20% above the asking price on average. That's average. Um, here in Austin, the medium home sale price increased by 20% last year. There were 63% fewer homes on the market than last November, this during a pandemic. And so, and, and it's projected to be even more exaggerated this year in Austin and the surrounding areas. And so 
it's 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 two different playing fields out there. You know, obviously there's a reason why residential real estate is in vogue. Obviously, only the people that are able to sustain the type of income that allows you to go and spend 20% above the asking price on average are benefiting from it. And there are a lot of people on the other side that are seeing, you know, property values go from 28 million to 1 million. And so I say all that to say, be careful out there, everyone. If you, if you, if you, if you're throwing, you know, whatever is play money to you, that could be a thousand dollars or I had a gentleman I spoke with earlier today that said he hadn't, he hadn't, you know, gambled in the market for a while. So he threw, he said it was like $200,000, which to him is like $2,000 to me. Right. Um, but, but he, he put it out there to short the market because he thought that it was on the verge of a collapse. I'm not saying it's on the verge of a collapse. I don't believe that actually, but whatever your play money number is, if you want to throw it into a GameStop or, you know, one of these crypto, uh, plays that, that, that they're touting or the silver space, which is rumored to be targeted by the Redditor people, that's fine. Just understand that you're gambling and understand that that's exactly what you're doing. Because um, these are not normal times, everybody. Not normal times by any stretch of the imagination. I think I'm going to skip the gambling and build a pool. How is that pool coming along? Staked or staked. Congrats. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what else is on the list, Mr. Hyde? What else do you want to talk about? There's a lot of names in the gold space because it's boring right now that should uh, that deserve a mention, especially during this pullback. But do you have anything top of mind? Let me talk about the magic cards for one second. Oh, I like uh, magic and, cards. And then we can get to the uh, gold because I can build in a segue to, to the gold names. So uh, we were talking a little bit about crypto. Obviously, we talked about Bitcoin when it went over 40,000. We were talking about it uh, a bit again today. And um, I, I saw a story earlier this week. I actually sent it to you, Gerardo, because it caught my eye about this guy who spent $35,000 uh, on a digital uh, sports card. Uh, it's not a baseball <laughs> card. It was basketball. But um, it's a tokenized uh, video of this uh, rookie uh, doing a slam dunk, uh, basically, is what you need to know. And you can see this video anywhere um, if you just type in the, <laughs> the basketball player's name and hit video on your Google search or on YouTube or whatever. Um, you can see this clip. But um, just like, you know, you used to trade baseball cards and buy and sell baseball cards and some baseball cards are rare and sought after and collected, etc. Um, we're now tokenizing moments um, and calling them digital art. Now, to be clear, there is digital art, um, digital paintings, graphics, um, all sorts of kinds of digital art. But what I'm talking about now specifically is uh, tokenized video clips of uh, sports games that people are buying and selling for tens of thousands of dollars in the article I shared with you. Um, and then I actually ended up writing an article about how Daily Profit Cycle was uh, this guy's journey buying a video clip for $35,000 uh, <laughs> of, of a slam dunk. And, and he chronicled his history of buying and selling video tokenized video clips. Um, and he has been making a profit, like a 50% profit with an average hold time of <laughs> one and a half or two days. Right. And so. Um, you just talk about euphoria in the market and you talk about alternative assets and uh, this might take me a while. So I'll get there. Give me a second. Um, and he also uh, quote tweeted Chamath Palipatia uh, talking about how um, 
uh, positing, in fact, you know, maybe people will come to value more alternative asset classes, not only like digital tokenized sports clips, but perhaps uh, like rare art uh, and uh, cars and other collectibles. And so I'm thinking to myself, hmm, okay, I know uh, a little bit about uh, collectibles and the collectibles market. And uh, I have some tangential connections to some people that have done some things in that market. So um, let me just, th- let me put it in this context, right? Is this going to be something new or is this something that people are already exploring? Because you and I, Gerardo, have been talking about alternative assets and people moving because of taxes and um record art sales we've talked about on this podcast, for example, um, and and other things, right? And so um, I had to think about Collector's Universe, right? Which grades Mm. actual actual baseball cards and um, rare collectibles and things, right? And you know, I'm sure you do, that it was just sold and um, it was sold to an investor group run by Steve Cohen, who uh, also owns the New York Knicks, but they also just increased their bid to like 92 bucks. It's like a billion dollar sale or something like that, or getting dang close to it. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, if you think uh, that alternative asset classes uh, are, are a place to be, and we did like six years ago, because I did a whole fucking promo about it and told people to buy Collectors <laughs> Universe when it was 15 bucks. Um, and how much is it now? Done- you, you could have uh, executed on the strategy by buying like a NASDAQ listed company that paid dividends as opposed to uh, a tokenized mm. clip of a, of a basketball video game for 35K. And so that's not to say that uh, tokenized video clips aren't going to become the next big thing. Uh, this guy was saying he poo-pooed Bitcoin 10 years ago too, right? So, um, you know, I'm not going to pick and choose which technologies and, and, and tokens and, and things are going to be uh, adopted. But... Um, sticking on the card theme, I also saw this week that a Magic the Gathering card has sold for another record, right? $511,000. And so I just wanted to have a little segment here on the theme of cards, because here's another card, uh, an actual card for a game Magic the Gathering that sold for half a million bucks, uh, one single card. And so if you want to look for uh, inflation or liquidity in the system or money sloshing around, um, this is clearly evidence of that. And then I know you want to get to the to the goal names and it's not hard to go from alternative assets to uh, junior gold names because um, let's just go down the, the Reddit scale, right? Okay, silver is the next big thing or precious metals are the next big thing. Where are we going to go? Okay, we're going to go into... Uh, uh, Fortuna, and we're going to go into Endeavor. Well, okay, where the fuck are you going to go next, right? <laughs> I mean, where are you going now? And so it's going to be to the to the companies that own the ounces in the ground or that are exploring for them, right? And that's how cycles get uh, kickstarted, right? Mines flood or chat rooms uh, spill over, let's say. I'll take you one further on that. And that was, that was great, by the way. The insight was fantastic. Um, two things. You mentioned uh, Collector Universe. It was 15 bucks then. How much is it now? Oh God, the bid was 92 for the, for the takeout. <laughs> it, it was like 70 and I think they upped it to 92. I, uh, that might not be exactly right, but it's something like that. So so there's that. That's the one thing. And and my my thought, because my weird brain and where it goes, is the euro and 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 you know that currency, that that that's gonna blow up like a lot of this other stuff. The euro might as well be a a a trashy crypto coin or you know. A, a digital video that's been tokenized. Um, it, it 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 
its days are numbered. And I don't know if that happens in a year, in six months, in two years. I know it will be restructured. And a lot of that capital is already starting to flee into the U.S., which is why I'm still bullish on the major U.S. indices, why I'm still bullish on, you know, anything that can catch a bid in dollars, right? It's why we're seeing baseball cards um, catch record bids and and art and everything that you can exchange a piece of paper for. That's that's a trend that's going to continue and, and it will spill over to the junior resource space. Um, one thing that I just saw, and, 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 and again, I got to touch on it because it speaks to the stupidity of our politicians on both sides. On the same day, that being today, that outdoor dining is officially resumed in LA County, public health officials announced Friday, today, that restaurants will not be allowed to have their televisions on for customers. No comment. Right. I, 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 I don't even want to. <laughs> Let me, I'll dig if you want me to. Um, Are they allowed to use their phones to buy and sell stock while they're in the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> while I dig that up, while I dig that up, here's another one for you. Um, and this is just now, this is just the platforms trolling, right? This is Robin Hood trolling. Uh, Robin Hood, you can buy GameStop stock, but you can only buy one share. That's crazy, man. And of course, the Robin Hood memes have also been great in quotes about, you know, uh, not standing up for the people and bowing to the sheriff of Rottingham and all that stuff, right? It's been great. It's been great. Let's see what the ban is about. Um, the county issued an order Friday, which bans restaurants from allowing television screens that broadcast programming to patrons in an effort to keep restaurants from becoming overcrowded for sporting events such as the upcoming Super Bowl. So again, this is what happens when you let overreaching government expand on its powers. It's why last week I talked about applauding the young senator who opposed giving the government any new authorities as a result of the Capitol Hill insurrection and the riots that happened because there's already laws in place that can address the crimes that were committed. Um, there's already mandates in place. There's already rules for restaurants social distancing rules that they have to follow telling them that they can't turn the TV on is just government being stupid and being assholes. And this is the type of stuff. This is why governor Newsom. And I know this was a County order, but it, you know, it, it it's the culture, right? It's like we talk about uh, corrupt police culture and again, kudos to the good cops. Um, and there's a lot of you out there, but speak up more one and two, the culture is what allows the bad behavior to happen. I absolutely believe that Gavin Newsom has done an absolutely atrocious job. I have a cousin that lives in California. We have friends that live in California at, at, at just about everything. And at one point I was a big fan of Gov Governor Newsom um, back in the days when he was, when, when he was mayor, but this is just, it's spiteful. It's stupid. It's government just being government to remind everybody who's in charge. And it's why people are protesting a lot of these orders because it becomes very hard to be rational when you have this type of stuff going on in our government. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's when they don't pass the, the sniff tests, like the two masks, right? It's um, when it goes against your common sense. And yeah, you can look at what's going on in, in some European countries, for example. And um, we'll see. Let's get this uh, vaccine out and we'll see how these new variants do. 
Let's do it. it. It seems positive thus far. We've had, I think there's three vaccines. I just saw an article, Dr. Fauci, who is saying that most um, teens will be vaccinated by the spring and or summertime. That's encouraging. At the very least, you should have the option of being able to get a vaccine if you want one. That is a uh, a, uh, a leap forward that I think is welcomed, whether you want to take the vaccine or not. Let's talk some gold, copper, resource, or non-resource names, as you know, Mr. Hodge is a master of all sectors here, um, that should be on your radar this week. I'll throw one out there. They've been very public about the fact that its resource at the Sandman Project in Nevada um, will be announced this coming week. That's a company by the call by, by the name of Gold Bull Resources is what it's called. Um, I interviewed the CEO last week, I believe, uh, Cherie Leiden. Uh, great network of contacts. It's not a coincidence. She was able to pry that project away from Newmont. I don't believe it's the last deal that she will execute on. She has a resource at Sandman of approximately 300,000 ounces. I think that obviously is going to change this coming week. The stock held up well this week, and she's got a very, very aggressive and ambitious goal of taking the resource base for the company uh, spread across multiple assets to 5 million, not five years from now, not four years from now. She wants to get to 5 million ounces by the end of 2021. Um, market cap right now is right around the 32 million mark Canadian. I've said it before, it's not going to sit there very long. If she comes anywhere close to um, growing that resource base in a jurisdiction like Nevada to 5 million ounces. So gold bull resources, you should look at that one. Ticker symbol GBRC on the venture exchange. Anything on your... Does that, does that mean it's my turn? Unless you don't want it to be. I have, you know me. <laughs> I, can, no, I, can, I can... I can keep going. <laughs> I can do it. So in uh, the next week, it's probably the next two weeks. But um, it was actually when we talked about last week that I had taken some profits on. But, um, uh, you know, as things go in cycles, uh, you can buy back things that you uh, sometimes sell. And so uh, critical elements ran really hard last, last week. We talked about it. Um, I took profits almost 400%. And uh, just a, par- a portion of the position, uh, just 20% of the position. And we talked about uh, why last week. And now it, it's pulled back. It's pulled back here um, uh, almost to a uh, dollar, like a dollar seven or something. It shook out of dollar 14, it looks like it closed at. But um, they just raised a bunch of money um, right at that level, level right around a dollar 10. And um, they got permitting coming here in the next two weeks, or at least um, it's going to get like the final stuff in front of the uh, government. So that's one to keep an eye on. And then uh, a non-resource one just to keep it uh, spicy is uh, Immunoprecise, which is one I haven't talked mm. about in a while. But um, And it's quite expensive. But a couple of things. One, you got these uh, new strains coming and uh, they got clinical data coming out soon. Their platform is uh, well equipped to deal with uh, mutating strains. And two, it's uh, now fully NASDAQ listed institutions can come in and buy and in fact have been uh, buying. Uh, you can see that data now. And it's closed uh, the consecutive uh, two days um, at its um, 
second and third highest uh, Canadian close ever. And so uh, it feels like it wants to break out in that respect. And so um, with this virus still very much here and, and with Immunoprecise now on the NASDAQ and data out soon, it might be one to take a look at as well. Like it. I'll give you all one more. Give you your money's worth here. Um, it's a free podcast, so you get, get what you pay for. But it's one I'm biased on. Every name I mention, you should know I'm biased. I either own it or they're a sponsor on the website, Resource Stock Digest, or I know the management team. And I likely have skin in the game one way or the other. Um, Aguila American Gold, ticker symbol AGL. Very familiar with management. Um, they have assays pending. This is a stock that just under a month ago traded as high as 67 cents. It closed today at 27 cents Canadian. Uh, the direct result of a private placement, which I participated in, I believe you did as well, Nick. Is that accurate? Come and, come and do. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, right. So that's, you know, coming due. It's coming free trading. People are front running it and selling into the market. I think it's a heck of an opportunity they have a great network. They have a good asset. And I think they'll be rolling in some other very attractive assets. And, you know, once this gold market takes off again, and it will, I think that's a heck of a speculation for your dollar. Market cap is absolutely ridiculously tiny. Um, give that one a go. I would like to see those results. It's in my neck of the woods. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. That is all I have on my end. I was going to talk about the Houston DA. I will save that for next week. I think that um, I think that's a good place to leave things. Any anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to get off your chest, there, Mister Hodge? No. Order your flowers uh, now. Valentine's is coming up. Don't get stuck in your house without getting your wife something for the holiday. There you go. There you go. That's all for this week, folks. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 102 of Bizarro World. Be kind to everybody, everybody. You might even get some stimulus. My stimulus. Bye, guys. <laughs>